The Old Testament book of Daniel closes with a vision of Daniel on the banks of the Tigris River, witnessing a conversation between two heavenly messengers. One messenger says to the other, how long shall it be until the end of these wonders? That's the question of the ages, isn't it? Everybody wants to know the exact time when Jesus Messiah will return in glory to establish his kingdom on earth. When will that happen? Are you leaning in yet? According to Jesus, nobody knows the day or the hour of his return. Daniel didn't know. The angels don't know. Jesus himself doesn't even know. Only the Father knows. Until the end of wonders, we wait in faith. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian, always glad to have you with us. Well, today we come to the conclusion of Ron's teaching series, Mysteries of Babylon. As he wraps up this group of messages, he takes us to the 1000 year reign of Christ on earth and offers some perspective on how we as believers in Christ should live in light of the future second coming of Christ. Stay with us now or visit somethinggoodradio.org to hear any of Ron's messages on demand on your schedule. That's our new and improved website, somethinggoodradio.org. From Daniel chapter 12, here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, The End of Wonders. Uh, Matthew says that at that time, certain graves opened up and the dead came out and started walking around Jerusalem. It's almost a scene like from the walking dead, only they weren't zombies. They were resurrected saints. That was the second resurrection. And you could go through. Uh, the third time a resurrection happens is at the rapture of the church. When 1 Thessalonians 4 says, the dead in Christ, in Christ being a New Testament term, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Uh, this verse in Daniel chapter 12 and verse uh, 2 probably refers to the sixth and seventh resurrection. I write about this in my book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, and if you don't mind, just a passage here. Daniel 12 verses 1 and 2 indicates a sixth resurrection happening after Israel's time of distress. This is when Old Testament saints like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph come up out of the grave. It's hard to pinpoint whether this resurrection happens before or after the resurrection of tribulation martyrs. That's another group during the tribulation who are martyred for their faith. They will rise from the dead as well. But the Old Testament saints rise from the dead in time to enter the millennium and reign with Jesus on earth for 1,000 years. Yes, this includes King David, Moses, Samuel, and Daniel, plus anybody else in the Old Testament who, like them, were counted as righteous because they did not waver in their faith concerning the promises of God. Hebrews 11 mentions the names of other prominent Old Testament saints that will rise from the dead at this time. After the millennium, is when the seventh and final resurrection takes place. 
And the Apostle John writes about this in Revelation chapter 20. So we go to a place like Revelation chapter 20, and we get a little more insight into this resurrection. From that, we can read Daniel chapter 12 and verse 2 and insert between the resurrection to everlasting life and others who rise to shame and everlasting contempt, we can insert the millennial reign, the 1,000-year reign of Jesus Christ between those two resurrections. The Old Testament saints like Daniel and David and Abraham, they rise at the second coming of Christ and in time to join Jesus and the church saints uh, in the millennial reign of Christ and reign and rule with Him for a thousand years. At the end of that thousand-year reign, um, the wicked dead rise and um, face their judgment at the great white throne judgment. Revelation chapter 20 uh, helps us piece that together. Back to Daniel chapter 12, after a mention of the resurrection of the dead, there's also a mention of the reward of the righteous. Look at it in verse 3. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Probably a specific reference to the nation of Israel and to those uh, Jewish evangelists during the tribulation period who are winners of souls and who turn many to righteousness. Again, one of the greatest spiritual awakenings on planet earth that has been known in human history will probably take place during the tribulation period simultaneous to some of the greatest uh, persecution and tribulation and war that the planet earth has ever, has ever experienced. And those that are winners of souls are called wise, are called wise. They shall be rewarded like the brightness of the sky above and like the stars forever and ever. I, I, I take this to be some allusion to how they will reign with Jesus Christ during the millennial reign and, and, and have uh, responsibilities given to them not only in the millennial reign but in the eternal state to come. Uh, we will be busy in heaven. We will have responsibilities. We're not just floating around on clouds strumming our harps. Oh, no. And those who win souls, those who turn others to righteousness, the Bible calls wise, and it rewards that kind of uh, wisdom. Proverbs 11.30, he that winneth souls is wise. And we see here uh, just an indication of, of God's reward system. Uh, the believer's reward. Chapter 4, or 12 rather, in verse 4, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Again, this, this is not something you're going to find in ancient history. You really have to do some interpretive gymnastics to find anything, even in the reign of Antiochus Epiphanes, that fulfills all of this. This is still future. It's for the time of the end, a time when the heavenly messenger says to Daniel, many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. I take this to mean that as we get closer and closer to the end of the age, this, uh, this book that has been sealed up and that has been preserved over time will become increasingly more relevant to people who are looking for answers in this crazy world in which we live, they will turn back to the book of Daniel, running to and fro for answers. And 
increasing their knowledge uh, of what God is doing even in, in the, time, the time of the end. It's also a reminder to us of how God preserves His Word, His Scripture. Uh, Daniel wrote this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit 2,500 years ago, and here we are reading it. Uh, the Bible talks about how, how God preserves the Word of God. You know, every time archaeology has discovered another manuscript or another, you know, uh, Dead Sea Scroll or something like that, it has always given us greater confidence in the Scriptures, not less, because we see how over time, you know, the, the, the scroll and, and, and the visions and the prophecies have, have been preserved. And there's a lot that we could talk about, about how the ancient scribes uh, preserved it and how God superintended not only the writing of a Scripture but the preservation of it as well so that it's uh, sealed up and preserved all the way to the time of the end and increases with relevancy and interest as people are looking for answers. Now let's read on beginning in verse 5. And the book ends with just some fascinating uh, numbers that we need to consider. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others, one on this bank of the stream and one on that bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream, how long shall it be till the end of these wonders? Wouldn't you like to know the answer to that question? How long is it going to be? And I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times, and a half time. We'll come back to that. And that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O oh my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? And he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. And many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. And from the time, listen to this, from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away, and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. But go your way till the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days." We'll return to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones in just a moment. To listen to any of Ron's messages on demand, please visit somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, be sure to check out our online store to find resources that will help you grow in your faith. You'll find these resources by using the library tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Something Good only exists through the faithful prayer and financial support of listeners like you. Today as you give, we'll give you access to download the complete series you're hearing now, Mysteries of Babylon, how the prophecies of Daniel prepare us for the return of Jesus Christ. That's all seven messages in Ron's teaching series, Mysteries of Babylon. 
Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. Now here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, The End of Wonders. Now let's do a little bit of math here. I put a chart in your notes and we'll put it up here on the screen here. The tribulation period is divided into uh, two three-and-a-half-year periods of seven years. A time, a times, and a half time is prophetic language for a a three-and-a-half-year period of time. We know that to be, by the Jewish calendar, um, 1,260 days each each of those halves. Um, Beginning with the rapture of the church, then Daniel's 70th week or the tribulation period, uh, the return of Jesus Christ ends that time. But interesting, this prophecy in chapter 12 ends not with a reference to 1,260 days, but a reference to 1,290 days and another reference to 1,335 days from the time of uh, the desecration of the temple. What's with the additional 30 days or um, 45 days after that? What's with the additional 75 days after the return of Christ? Well, there's some interesting discussion about that. Some say that um, it might take 30 days or so after the return of Jesus Christ uh, when He defeats His enemies at the Battle of Armageddon, that it might take about 30 days for the judgment of the nations that we read about in Matthew chapter 25, uh, the separating of the sheep from the goats and the judgment of all the Gentile nations that came against the people of Israel. Uh, That may take 30 days to do that. It may take another uh, 45 days or so and the totality of 70 days, quite frankly, to set up the government, uh, the, 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 the governing reign and rule of Jesus Christ. Remember, we're going from the return of Jesus Christ to His millennial kingdom. This, this is Revelation chapter 20, where a thousand years is mentioned six times in just a few verses in Revelation chapter 20. Some people want to spiritualize the millennial reign. There are some called amillennialists that don't even believe in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, and they have to explain away six specific references to 1,000 years following the return of Jesus Christ. I happen to believe in a literal reign where all of the promises that God made to Israel, to Abraham, Isaac, and so forth, those are fulfilled, where Jesus Christ literally comes to reign on David's throne from Jerusalem, and where the the government uh, of Jesus Christ and His reign and rule of peace uh, is extended throughout the earth. Uh, We talk about this at Christmas time, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he will reign with peace and so forth. That latter part didn't come true at Christmas time. This is when it will come true. And you see in even that Christmas prophecy the difference between the first advent and the second advent of Jesus Christ. Uh, another thing that might happen during this time, and by the way, think of it, think of it this way. This helped me out a little bit this week as I was just 
trying to imagine all that might happen during these 30 days, these 45 days, even the totality of the 70 days. When we elect a president of the United States on the second Tuesday of a um, four-year cycle in November, it takes from the time of that election for the president to set up the government. Uh, he's got to do that, you know, by January 20th, right, when he's inaugurated. Take some time to put some people in place to set up the government. So, humanly speaking, it may take some time to do that. It may also take some time to redraw the boundaries of nations and specifically the nation of Israel. You know, Israel has never occupied the totality of the promised land that God had given to them. Genesis chapter 15, go back and read it sometime. The Lord promised the land to Abraham and his descendants. From the river of Egypt to the great Euphrates, large swath of land there in the Middle East. You know what Israel occupies right now? A little sliver over here on the Mediterranean coast that other nations want to take away from them and divide up. But when Jesus Christ returns, all of the promises made to God's chosen people will be fulfilled. There may take some time to redraw those boundaries and put certain people in place. And so, okay, 1,290 days, 1,335 days. We can make some sense out of that. From the time of the midpoint of the tribulation forward. Beyond that, Daniel was told to just kind of settle in. Verse 13, go your way till the end, and Daniel, you shall rest. Probably a reference to his death. One day you'll, you'll rest in the grave. And shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. You see, Daniel will rise from the dead. Everybody who goes into the grave shall one day rise. Some will rise with the righteous to everlasting life. But at the end of this reign, some, the wicked dead, they'll rise as well, only this time to face uh, what's known as the great white throne judgment uh, before the wrath of God is poured out upon those who have rejected His Son, Jesus Christ. What do we do with a study of the book of Daniel? I mean, here we are at the end of this incredible, fascinating book that has so many dimensions to it and so many elements uh, to help us in our, our everyday life. Uh, what do we do with this? Well, a, a couple of things. I, I hope it, it deposits in your spirit as it does mine a sense of urgency, a sense of urgency that, you know, we're, we're closer to the time of the end and to the end of wonders than Daniel ever was. We're at least 2,500 years closer. Uh, we don't know the day or the hour of Jesus' return, but I know that the next event in Bible prophecy known as the rapture of the church could take place at any time. There's, there's no prophecy that needs to be fulfilled. Uh, we stand as, as the bride of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, waiting for our groom, waiting in anticipation. I hope there's a sense of urgency in your heart that there's work to be done and lives to be uh, uh, changed by the blood of Jesus Christ, a gospel to be preached, souls to be saved, uh, the eternal Word of God to uh, proclaim to people. There's, there's work to be done right up until the time that Jesus Christ returns. It's time for the sleepy, slumbering church, right, to wake up 
to wake up and to see that our redemption draws nigh. It's also a time to see that our lives matter. I mean, Daniel was told to go your way until the end, to rest. But Daniel, your life is not in vain. You shall stand in the allotted place that God has for you. Again, we're not going to be idle and looking for something to do in the millennial reign of Christ, let alone the eternal state. There's work to be done, even in eternity. And we'll be so fulfilled by the work that God gives to us. We wait for our heavenly groom. We don't wait in passivity. We wait working and fulfilling the the mission and the vision that He has given to us to make disciples of all nations. Friends, I'm just saying, listen, don't just take the book of Daniel and be fascinated by it and have your charts and diagrams and all of that and begin to argue with other people about the ordering of events. Step back from all of that and let, let a sense of urgency and anticipation build up in your your soul and in your spirit and enter into every day with that sense of expectation that Jesus is coming again and Father what shall I do today how how shall I lay my life before you in a way that it glorifies you and helps you get the work done that you want me to do as a part of the bride of Christ I think if we can take that kind of application with us into our everyday life than the book of Daniel and a study of it has served us well. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for today's Something Good Radio message, The End of Wonders. And Ron, this has been such a great series. I'm sad to see it go, but before we leave it in the rearview mirror, I want to give you a chance to offer your parting shot something we can all take away from the prophecies we see here in the book of Daniel. Thanks, Brian. You know, the purpose of Bible prophecy is never to scare us, but to prepare us, to prepare us for the soon return of Jesus Christ. And in light of what we see here in Daniel, I think what needs to be said is what Jesus himself said. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Brian, that is a hard saying, and many people are offended by it. But let's face it, people have always been offended by what Jesus said. Remember, he came into this world as the Word become flesh. And the Bible tells us that the Word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This is what Jesus did when he lived in the flesh, and this is what Jesus is still doing through his printed Word, the Bible, and through his church. But one of the things I love about Jesus most is that he loves us enough to tell us the truth. He is the truth, but he tells us the truth as well. He is and always has been telling anyone who is willing to listen that he came to redeem mankind, and that he was the only person who could possibly get that particular job done. And now it's up to you and me and the body of Christ to continue taking that message to the world. It may offend, it may divide, But ultimately, it will redeem. And ultimately, redemption is the only thing that matters. That's Dr. Ron Jones with some great final thoughts on his teaching series, Mysteries of Babylon, and about our new and improved website, somethinggoodradio.org. Well, coming tomorrow, day one of Dr. Ron Jones' series, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. What can you tell us about the series, Ron, and about tomorrow's message? Brian, I'm really excited about this next series. It's called A.D., The Acts of the Apostles. 
And it takes us back to the very beginnings of the church, how it all got started, how it grew, uh, how it grew so quickly and how we got to where we are today. One of the things I love about the book of Acts is the name itself. It's not called the belief of the apostles or the faith of the apostles or the theology of the apostles. It's called the Acts of the Apostles. Now we know that no one is saved by Acts, no one is redeemed by uh, good works, but once we're saved, we must then go put our faith into action in the name of Jesus. And that's what these early apostles did. That's what the early church did. And they did it at a time when it wasn't as easy, perhaps, as it is today to do so right here in America. Uh, Brian, I don't think Hollywood could have written a better script than what Luke wrote when he penned this book that we call the Acts of the Apostles. Sounds like we're in store for a great journey through the book of Acts. And it all starts tomorrow in Dr. Ron Jones' message, Jesus the Revolutionary. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.